0: impact hustlers the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems impact hustlers is brought to you by wyra uk part of Telefonica open future visit wyra.co.uk to learn how our acceleration programs can help your startup grow and this is your host
1: Michael Shafrat.
0: In today's episode, I'm joined by Elena Sinel, founder of Acon Aspirations and Teens and AI Accelerator, uh, who's on a mission to help young people learn the skills they need to be the change makers and entrepreneurs of tomorrow. The initiative is supported by some of the biggest technology companies. You have Facebook, Microsoft, Stripe behind you and speaking at your events, and uh, you run programs and hackathons that connect young people with industry leaders and technologists and teach them about technology and how they can use it. Thanks for joining me on Impact Hustlers.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks very much for coming here. And I'll kick off with the first uh, question. What got you to start ACON Aspirations? Is there any gap you think in terms of the educational system in terms of teaching about technology, or what was that drove you into
1: So So, um, I set up Acorn when I was um, in the middle of my master's degree um, in conflict security and development. Um, it was a war studies department at King's College London, and I was planning to go back to my international development career, uh, which is something I was doing prior to setting up Acorn, and I thought, well, my mission is to change the world for the better, and what... Um, is a better way of doing this if not work for the UN or World Bank or international organizations. Um, by the time I finished my degree, I was so disappointed with the entire corruption. Um, in the world of international relations um, and international development, that I felt like um, there is something more I can achieve. And that more has to come from me. And I started just pondering upon what is really my life purpose? And what am I good at? What value can I bring to the world? Um, And I felt like the answer was actually right in front of me. I saw I was watching my daughter coming home um, every day, learning to pass an exam, using the Sort of the edu- educational system that was set up in the 19th century, um, and when we came to settle in the UK, I thought, "Well, UK has the best educational system ever. I want my daughter to be brought up in the best educational system and give her the best future." Because I'm originally from Uzbekistan, the education I had was Soviet, which I thought was very, very rigid and brought learning and everything. I thought, "Well, England surely is the best place." And I just, primary school was amazing. Um, She was doing a lot of activities. It was all very holistic, the holistic approach and project-based learning. Um, And then something happened in secondary school when I just lost my daughter, um, where every time I would ask her, okay, let's go and do something this weekend and she would say oh no but I have my exams Um, you know I have to start now thinking about my GCC exams that was year seven when she only just entered secondary school and I just realized that she was almost prepped and brainwashed into thinking that okay those exams will be in year 11 so she's literally just taken her exams but the preparation was from the moment she entered the secondary school Um, And I felt, wow, okay, there is more to life than just preparing uh, for exams. And I thought, okay, I need to do something about it. I started taking her to hackathons and networking events. I said, let me show you how things really are, because we're in London, and so there is technology everywhere. Let me just introduce you to a different part of life. Uh, I took her to Product Hunt Hackathon in 2015. I don't know whether you were part of this or whether you remember, it was a very well um, sort of you know, everybody knew about Product Hunt at that time. And the hackathon was looking for change makers and people who will really change the world in one way or another. So it, so it had a social good sort of element to it. And I thought, oh, I'm going to take my daughter to that one. So we went and we, um, I got my daughter to pitch her idea. And I can't remember what exactly it was, but she somehow did in front of the crowd she has never seen before. I thought, wow, that's brave. Um, she, her, I didn't really get picked up. Picked, but uh, she ended up working with a different team, and I ended up working with a different team as well. So we were hacking in different uh, teams completely, it was very competitive. Uh, My team got through to the second round and won some prize I can't remember I think it was a technology prize we had some very very good developers on our team and her team didn't win then she was telling me oh mommy your team won my lost," and she hated me for months and months afterwards but the question she kept asking me when is the next one I want to go there again I want to learn how to code I want to learn how to do this design thinking and market research and I thought to myself wow this is interesting two days that's all it took to inspire my daughter into tech by showing her that technology is really there to change the world. So I thought that was cool. And I started looking online and I thought, oh, surely there must be something like that for teenagers. And there was nothing. we still talking 2015 um and i thought okay well there is nothing i'm gonna do a pilot project and i applied for a very small grant from unlimited it was literally 500 pounds and i thought okay that will cover the costs of food um i couldn't find the venue almost until last moment i had so many people that i approached and at that time nobody knew me i was just me myself and i and people are wary sort of suspicious. you know mm-hmm. this woman it wants to, op- to run a hackathon for 70 teenagers you know why should we who is she? Um, And suddenly I got an email from Sarah, from Unruly. um, uh, And she asked me, are you still looking for a place for a venue because if you are I can help you I said yes definitely I've got my hackathon running in three weeks and I still don't have a venue and so uh, Sarah immediately put me in touch with uh, Rebecca Brooks office and so we had our very first hackathon at News International so I had the most incredible uh, developers and entrepreneurs and marketeers and design thinkers that came to support this cause Um, and the judges were Nita Patel and Mike Butcher and uh, Nancy Fejner and so many incredible people Will King from King of Shaves, they all came because they wanted to support the cause and see what teenagers can really do within two days. Yes, it was amazing. We had about 17 uh, uh, teams of teenagers and they were all solving various problems related to them, related to others. But it was just incredible to see that drive, that thirst for something new and the thirst for wanting to solve a real problem. So I thought, okay, that's like me, done one event is uh that was great but that's just not me it was well um it was just so tiring to organize that one big hack it was just me myself and I uh with just a couple of volunteers uh it was draining I I think I I also made a mistake walking on heels, so I couldn't feel my feet for two days afterwards um um yeah but I thought okay that's it there is no business model, how can I possibly monetize it? And then people had started reaching out. And they said, Look, Elena, this is like, nobody has ever done this before. This is there is something very special in that piece. You have to carry on because these young people, they really need somewhere like that, where they could come and explore different careers, different technologies, and really learn from the best. Uh, And I said, Okay, but I have to figure out what the business model will be, because I have to pay my bills as well and all that. But I took a risk. And for the first three years, I ran all events completely for free. It was at my cost. But as long as somebody opened the doors and paid for food and volunteers would come come along and help, then that was it. And I was really developing and iterating on the concept because I wanted to see what really drives young people to change the world. How can we create that mindset and reinforce it into them that you don't need to go to university and have many, many jobs before you actually decide actually there are problems to solve and I am in a good position and I can solve them. All I need is, you know, to to know how to identify those problems and find a solution through various frameworks that we eventually introduced. Um, So it was just really came about very naturally in that organic way where there was a lot of interest and demand. And right now I'm in the position where Corporates and companies reach out to me asking me, Can we work with you? Because we know you have something very special to offer. You have a lot of young people who are very unique and different to what the school system is able to produce. Um, And I'm finding a lot of the kids that we've worked with, we've worked with over 1,500 kids now, uh, which is really exciting. And every single one of them understands design thinking, understands market research, understands that there are problems to solve, and they are not there to be the followers, they're there to lead and create the future they want to see. Mm-hmm. So it's a very powerful experience and it's something that I'm proud of. And we are moving in the right direction. I know that.
0: More recently, you launched a program called Teens and AI. Uh, obviously, AI is all over the place and you hear about it everywhere. Uh, there's some estimates that it's going to um, destroy up to 800 million jobs. They, they really go from a few hundred million to 800 million. Yeah. What approach do you take to te- uh, teach teenagers that are growing up and... Getting kind of starting to think about what do I want to do in the world? Mm. What approach do you take about? teaching them about AI and how they can use it for good.
1: So to begin with we didn't really focus on AI, we focused on technologies full stop Um, and and again that was just me playing with lots of technologies, virtual reality, augmented reality apps, we tried everything and I thought "Mm, there is something missing for me and then one of the teenagers pointed me in the direction of artificial intelligence and I thought I don't know much about it from technology perspective nor from anything else and I thought I'll just literally dive in, throw myself into it and find out more And so we ran our very first AI hackathon in June uh, 2017. Uh, We had uh, that hackathon hosted by GSMA, uh, and we even had Sophia AI, who was on the panel judging with David Hansen. So it was a really cool event. Um, It was inspired by a teenager at that time who was going through a severe depression. um, And he was also an AI enthusiast. And so he sort of pointed me in the direction of AI. And at the same time, I wanted to give him that role to shape AI within you know, acorn aspirations and see where it goes. Um, and that event was so phenomenal. Uh, I was quite worried. I thought, well, AI, you know, there are such deep technologies to understand and to learn about. Can they really do anything? But I was really surprised teenagers, even as a young as 12, 13 have played with IBM Watson and TensorFlow and lots of other stuff that I didn't expect them to pick up just so quickly. Um, and they did. It was um, incredible. And then I thought, OK, well, maybe it's time to focus on something that really is going to make a difference. Um, and there was so much data available. Um, and we decided, OK, maybe we will launch Teens and AI as a movement, as a special initiative of Acorn Aspiration and see where that takes us. Um, and so I started running a series of events uh, from Alexa Bootcamp to just Let's Explore AI. Um, and I think it was a Twitter conversation that I got myself involved into somehow by just somebody asking me um, about whether there are any teenagers who understand and can do AI. And it was a conversation that was led by um, a group f- from ITU, U- United Nations AI for Good Global Summit, uh, who were, um, I think, asked you know you, you've you got this panel for young people but there are no young people on that panel you know can you find young people who can talk about ai and and then somebody asked me oh, maybe elena can help and i said yeah how can i help can i uh, and they immediately called me so not very often does u.n call you just like that and said elena we've just learned you're doing these amazing things with teens and artificial intelligence can we have you here at the u.n talking about it I said, yeah, of course I can. Can you bring a teenager with you? I said, yes, I can definitely bring a few teenagers if you want, but definitely one I can bring. Um, And so I took uh, Sarah um, with me. um, And Sarah and I were uh, were doing um, a talk um, at the UN about how we can inspire young people into AI and why this is really important. So the, the angle for me is always how can we solve problems? How can we teach young people to solve problems? And AI was a really cool medium to do this because it's very popular, it's very in and young people are really fascinated by the topic. Um, and so they, Obviously, it was a very successful um, event and um, talk that we did in the UN. Everybody really loved it. And we had so much interest since the UN uh, from so many different countries, uh, ranging from Japan to South Africa to the Netherlands, um, asking how can we bring teens and AI into our country? How can we use it as a medium to empower young people to change the world? And it's a fantastic technology to learn about. So we're having a lot of conversations right now, even. And straight after we got invited to the EU to do a plenary talk and lead a co-working group group and again the eu was wondering the same in the same way how can we disrupt education this is really how education should be young people need to understand how how technology is changing the world but also how they can be part of that change and how they can create that change and so it was just suddenly everybody started listening to what i had to say i had to say this for many years that It's not so much the technology gap that we have, but it's the thinking skills gap. And we really need to do something about education in general. We have to change it in a way where learning doesn't only happen from teacher to the student and in a very linear way, but actually learning happens when A lot of people passionate about specific projects or problems get together to solve them. And this is the best way to learn.
0: Can you talk us through some of the problems that the teens that join your accelerator or some of the hackathons, what are the problems that they are solving in those events?
1: Interestingly, education. So we even had um, an interface hackathon uh, last December where the entire hackathon was devoted to education and every single team. um, And there were teenagers from Jewish communities hacking with teenagers from Christians. Christian communities and Muslim communities. So it was an interfaith hackathon. I have never done this hackathon before. Normally, I don't really focus on communities because in London, we have so many communities. Um, all our hackathons are very diverse. But then somebody said, why don't we do the interfaith one? And we'll bring traditional kids from very traditional communities. So we had girls wearing burqa and boys with keeper. and So I thought, okay, that's interesting. Let's just see what kind of problems yeah. they will solve. The th- The challenge of overarching challenge was education. But every single one of the teenagers had so much to say about how unhappy they are about education. So whether the challenge is education or not, sometimes we keep it open. A lot of the teenagers are concerned about the fact that education nowadays is so irrelevant, to what's really happening outside of the education in the real world and um, a lot of them are really stressed by all the pressures from the peers from the teachers who keep telling them you know you don't pass those GCSEs your life is screwed that's it your life is over so you have to get those A levels or you know you have to get those A's and B's if it is anything beyond below that that's it this is pretty much what my daughter was told and I have to tell her you know grace don't define you just breathe in and you know, you'll be fine. But a lot of them are so stressed and so worried um, and then they come out of school and they realize, my goodness, you know, actually, there is it is so much more different to what we were learning. Why was I spending all this time learning about the depth of, you know, algebra and geography where really, I don't even know how this applies to what is happening right now. And, you know, even when it comes to tech, um, I think the most they learn is Visual Basic and Python. Uh, But anything else, uh, it's really down to to teenagers and parents to find courses like uh, what we run at Acorn Aspirations or somewhere else to introduce them to, to, to novel approaches. So I suppose the USP with us is we don't only teach technology, but we also teach entrepreneurship skills and design thinking and with the accelerator taking place, uh, we will even be teaching AI ethics because it's really important for me uh, that young people understand all about biases and poten- potential, um, you know, um, problems that that they may input not even thinking about it, you know, just due to their own um, prejudice or biases. Uh, and I want to make sure that we tackle those problems very early on because with AI, um, the kind of models they will be developing are so complex that doing this when the product is out is a bit too late. So we need to tackle it early on. So we're introducing ethics at the stage when we're going to be tackling design thinking as well. So the first three days we'll be spending um, at BBC working with their design thinking team, who's coming all the way from Salford, just to spend three days with teenagers. And at the same time, we'll have um, Alejandro Sussardi, who is, um, you know, chairman of the AI Ethics Institute who will come and do the workshop with teenagers demystifying ethics and explaining to them the importance of ethics and why we need to account for that early on at the very early stages of product development. So it's yeah it's really really exciting and we've had more than 100 applications from teenagers who are so keen to get their hands on AI and actually everything that they've told me so far the reason why they want to be part of the program is because it has that social good aspect to it that they really want to change the world. So it's really encouraging. They have such high empathy levels. They really care about what's happening in England right now in light of Brexit, what's happening with refugees in Syria, what's happening you know, in America with Trump. They have so many opinions mm. and things to say and there is no reason why we shouldn't be hearing those out and seeing how they would approach problems mm. in the real world
0: what are the participants doing after the accelerator are all of them wanting to become entrepreneurs or learning um, to program or uh, w- 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 what do you see how do how do your participants also change what they aspire to
1: it's after? different i mean after the accelerator we definitely have a top prize sponsored by mastercard uh, so a team of teenagers will go to san francisco um in october to launch teens in ai in san francisco which is really exciting so the teenagers will fly with me we'll be running a hackathon there for girls it will be girls in ai hackathon to encourage more girls into ai Um, and so the winning team will be part of that experience but at the same time they will have a chance to see the silicon valley and mastercard is uh, creating this incredibly exciting program for them hopefully we'll even get to see stanford i don't know we'll see but um a lot of the teenagers will also have some work experience or internship opportunities offered by the corporates that are supporting the program. Many of them uh, want to set up their own businesses. So they really want to see those projects through. And that's why we're offering, you know, a mentoring afterwards as well, because we really do want those products um, to be to come life, some of them in previous years some of them did get launched and others didn't uh, but I think the continuity is something we've always missed because we're such a small team that it's always hard for us to ensure that continuity but right now we have Grown as well uh, in impact, in influence, and a lot of people really have reached out to us to ask us, Can we support this? How can we help? And so many teenagers either want to freelance, we have teenagers who already freelance, and some startups know about it. So every now and then I get an email, Elena, do you have a whiz kid who can do this front page or back end or not? And we always refer them to teenagers, and teenagers have a chance to earn money. Mm-hmm which is fantastic. Uh, But then a, a lot of other teenagers, particularly with AI, they are researchers. They really want to get into research, so they see themselves working for companies like DeepMind on benevolent AI. So they want to pursue their studies at university. So they're doing this program because they want to enhance their application for university. And yet others, they're doing this because um, you know they want to develop leadership skills and other skills, like communication skills. And it's again something schools really don't teach. How do they work? How to work in teams, um, which is a unique skill in itself because team players are needed everywhere and yet the schools when you work in teams it's cheating right so they are encouraged to work by themselves so there are so many deficiencies in the educational system that parents have noticed and you know we see and parents are encouraging their teenagers to join the program and experience a real sort of life of an entrepreneur so they will work for 10 days in teams of four we're going to use google sprint all the way we've modified it for 10 days Uh, we will aim to develop an MVP by day five. And then the second week will be spent on iterating and improving the product. Um, We will also have a chance to visit RoboRace. We'll go all the way to Oxfordshire to see RoboRace and talk about autonomous driving and AI behind it. And we will even have some workshops in AI, in data science. We'll have Microsoft doing a workshop introducing teenagers to Microsoft AI tools. Uh, A lot of the teenagers already are familiar with a lot of Google sort of tools that they play with TensorFlow. Um, they will be developing in Python. Some of them will be touching on some other tools like IBM Watson, but the technologies are diverse and wide range. And we always remain technology agnostic. Even when Microsoft sponsors our events, we always want to make sure Microsoft knows that we're not going to force Microsoft tools on young people. We want to young people to have um, wide range of tools to choose from. Um, so it's up to them whether they want to use Microsoft or IBM or Google or what not. So it's really exciting um, and they will have a chance to work with some incredible um, you know, entrepreneurs who will come and inspire them, uh, PhD students from universities who will mentor them, design thinkers from BBC who will also help shape those briefs and the entire piece this time is linked with the BBC conference taking place on the 3rd of September called Flourishing in the Age of AI. Um, so it will be really exciting again to see our teenagers on stages pitching and also talking about AI so we're all had that experience um, at COGX. We had um, a youth panel called, you know, AI sh- shaping the world, who's going to shape AI. And we had four young people talking about ethics and robotics. And, you know, will robots really take my jobs? And it's all on YouTube. And you can just see how confident they are. And, um you know there is no question you cannot ask them that you would ask an adult they have their own opinions and even now when i'm asked to go and speak in conferences i always say i'm happy to come and speak um uh on on your panel but i really would love one of my teenagers to join me as well um and most of the times uh you know conference organizers are very happy to include them and i think this is something new but i really want conferences to take notice of the fact that young people are the ones that will change the world and they really need to be part of those conferences so whenever microsoft or mastercard or anyone else organizes the conference i will say okay you want me there i'm happy to come and speak but please include teenagers because they are the future they need to be inspired they need to be part of those panels you need to hear them and they are you know Phenomenal, and they will be the ones to change the world.
0: Hmm. I'd be interested a bit more in your journey as well. You mentioned before you actually ran the first two years without being paid for for it at all, it's or just tough. had the costs, right? It's so, really what, what were the <laughs> hardest challenges you had to overcome, um, and how does it me, work now? How do you build a sustainable education? Yeah, business it's well, it's right?
1: really hard. It was very hard. Um, I think uh, I'm from an ex-Soviet country Uzbekistan originally so I was probably brought up in a way thinking money is not a good thing to have or to you know the socialist mentality is very different from the capitalist mentality and so I thought education should be free for all but um, I had to obviously bear the cost and it was really hard because I have two two, two kids one of them is a teenager one of them is turning five next week. Um, So it was mostly, you know, my my savings, and it was really hard to sort of create that balance. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, now suddenly things have have taken um, the course they should have taken a while ago, perhaps. We've had um, really, really positive conversations just recently with MasterCard, with Microsoft, with JP Morgan. So we know things will go in a much better direction than they were before. And so now I'm thinking, okay, maybe now is the time that I have to start paying myself a salary because really I have to put my family um, as my priority and, and also start um, valuing myself better. But for a while, I think it probably was that lack of confidence and just wondering, you know, should I really be as a non-profit or can this really be a profit-making company or can I at least um, pay myself and other of my uh, team members salary? So, so far I've been paying everyone's salary, not myself, just wanting to make sure it goes the direction I want it to go. Mm. But right now there is a lot of interest, not only from corporates, but also from different governments who want me to go and do consultancy there. Uh, and that's now now I'm in a position to to afford to pay myself a salary and others um, that are supporting this initiative which is wonderful but yes but it was quite challenging Um, I suppose I was really driven by my passion uh, to change the world and I wasn't putting everything else, uh, you know, as my priority. My mission was how can I make this work? How can I empower teenagers in this country, but also in other countries? Because I've always had an international background. Um, I always thought if I ever put my name to any cause, it will always be international. So it will never be only teens and AI in the UK. But right now we have interest in from San Francisco, also South Africa, um, also Shanghai, also Japan, and so many other countries, even Brunei that have, we've had a conversation with the government of Brunei literally last Monday, and they've asked, how can we bring you over here and you could show us how it's done. So I think right now, people have taken notice finally uh, and people understand the value of that program for the young people and for the younger generations and and I'm always asked, why don't you work with university students? And I always say, mm, it's interesting, but it's too late. For me, mm. engaging university students is already too late because they already have been boxed into thinking in a specific way. Even 16 to 18-year-olds are very difficult to work with because they have already been framed and programmed by the school, by the system, by the structure. Whereas 12 to eight to 16-year-olds, they are still agents as I see them and they really are still a you know they respond to being shaped in the way that we really need in this society they haven't really been brainwashed yet they're still free in their soul and in their heart and I really love enjoying I really love working with 12 to to 16 year olds because they are the ones that I feel still have that passion and that creativity that you haven't you know killed yet hopefully (laughs) uh, because I feel this educational system really somehow managed to diminish that creativity curiosity ability to ask questions and and so I really love working with that age group more than anything else so a lot of the times when I'm also go to university they really need it yeah everyone needs it full stop but for me university you know students they already have got their own other concerns like where is my rent going to come how am I going to find Mm. a job that is x y and z whereas young kids they are there without having any of those problems in the back of their mind Mm. and if you throw any problem at them they have the most incredible solutions um, that they can come up with and that's just refreshing Mm. and so I always encourage even the corporates that come to talk to me and say oh we're only interested in 16 to 18 because it's closer to recruitment age and that's why we're interested I always try to explain to them that's great." Uh, but you're missing out on the fact that there are some younger generation that would benefit from engaging with you uh, earlier on. And it's an opportunity for you to influence them and also have your brand in front of them. So for me, it's a no brainer. So I always encourage corporates to even look into younger ages, because age 12, 13, they already know how to do TensorFlow, IBM Watson, everything. And why not take those young people who are already passionate and work with them and try to engage them into your programs early on so that when it comes to them choosing which brand do I want to go they don't just say I want to work for Google and Apple but they could say actually I've heard of Microsoft I've heard of MasterCard I want to work there because MasterCard sent me to San Francisco because I won that competition I had the most incredible time at the teens and AI accelerator and the brands I've seen were MasterCard Microsoft and um, BBC so I know that they are the ones that have taken the time to work with me and help me develop the skills mm-hmm. I lacked and mm-hmm. why shouldn't I work with them mm-hmm.
0: you know um, uh, and and your current model is very much a for profit model or are you set up as um, a non-profit no no
1: we are set up as mm. a limited company mm-hmm. by shares but mm-hmm. everything we've earned so far has been reinvested mm. just earn uh, s- uh, sort of yeah. salaries sp- yeah. hiring people who could um, who could help us drive this but what we do is we right now we're sort of still playing with our model and uh, what we're doing right now is a one-on-one model where kids from private schools pay um, and the kids from deprived backgrounds and state schools and particularly kids on free school meals who would not have those opportunities at all and who probably won't even afford to go to universities they have a chance to attend for free Mm. so um, we we now have got kids from for instance Eton College or Harrow College or other private schools who pay and they are not Uh, part of the program because they can pay but they are incredibly incredibly right in fact I've spoken to one parent from Eton College and he said you know you know I really appreciate you've started working with private schools because he knows that my stance for a long time for three years was not going to work with private schools I'm only going to work with state schools but I struggled because state schools just can't pay and parents can't afford to pay and I thought okay we'll either burn out or we'll lose all my savings and go bankrupt and (laughs) I don't know what will happen but somehow I need to find that Median, you know yeah. some model that really works uh, because corporates take sometimes six to nine months to close a deal so how can i survive in the meantime and so the answer came to me he said um, you know what when it comes to education when it comes to technology skills in particular or thinking skills he said they're all deprived and it doesn't matter whether they come from a private school or from a state state school they're all deprived in that respect and I thought to myself, actually, I have had kids from private schools, girls in particular, who completely lack confidence, who really don't even know the basics of HTML CSS, and um, and I thought to myself, well, maybe he is right. Let's see what happens. And I reached out to Eton College and other colleges and said, look, we have this incredible program. It's free, uh, it's open to everyone, but the model is such that kids from private schools will pay and kids from deprived communities will come for free. And I've had a lot of uh, success actually, you know, selling this concept to private schools they kind of said we don't care we want our kids to have the best opportunities so if there is a program that offers something completely new and unique which you are um, why not so they shared all the information and we had a few kids from Eton College and from other private schools who came they were incredibly bright uh, in cognitive and math skills, and I just mixed them with uh, kids also equally bright from state schools, and it was incredible. I'm the only person who really knows where kids come from. So we mix now not only, you know, diversity in ethnic or, you know, other backgrounds, but actually income as well. So there are kids from private schools who hack with kids from state schools kids who are homeschooled, kids from deprived backgrounds. And I find they work incredibly well together, boys and girls. Um, and the richness and the outcome, the, the richer the diversity, I find the better the outcome. Mm-hmm. So I think that was became an answer to suddenly to the problems and f- financial sustainability mm-hmm. was really tackled mm-hmm. in that way. So I felt, okay, so six months ago, I was thinking to myself, Should I find a job, a real job, or should I persevere and really, really, you know, find that thing, um, find a way to sustain myself and my team? And and it it just came. So right now it's mixed. So we have some of it uh, from the private schools, you know, kids that go to private schools that pay, that subsidizes the places for kids from deprived backgrounds. But then also we have some interest from corporates. We also have some interest from accelerators even who've reached out and the startups. So it's very mixed. And hopefully now we're on the right track where we can really expand across the UK, but also globally. So for me, Mm. the impact was always, I always wanted to see that impact happen globally, not only in the UK. Mm. So Mm. it's really exciting times.
0: If you think about the next 10 years, what's the type of world you're trying to create with Acorn Aspirations?
1: In 10 years, we will have, inspired many teenagers across the globe um, how to change the world through technologies. We will definitely connect a lot of young people because through the love of technology and AI, so we are developing to that that end a platform that will actually do exactly that so the focus will be AI machine learning data science in addition to that human-centered AI as well and entrepreneurship skills but we want to see young people from San Francisco being connected to young people in Shanghai being connected to young people from South Africa and at the same time them having an opportunity to connect to mentors Um, for instance um, MasterCard's uh, AI specialists are based in San Francisco not in London Where So, in my mind, why shouldn't they be able to mentor kids in London or kids in South Africa? So, it's a no-brainer. So, we're developing something very exciting right now that hopefully will do exactly that, connect young people. And for me personally, I'm sort of at that stage where I can be really based anywhere in the world running this. And I want to sort of be free to travel any part of the world to set up Teens in AI or Acorn Inspirations anywhere where I go, really. and work with any government that's open to those changes in education. Because for me, I'm in the business to disrupt education first and foremost, to empower young people uh, to understand that they are in a fantastic position to create the change they want to see. And the problems in South Africa will be different from the problems in London, different from the problems in Shanghai, different from the problems in America, in parts of America. Um, And so I see the vision I have is young people um, embracing that challenge, embracing technologies, embracing opportunities that those technologies bring using... ai and data science and lots of other technologies available to them because there is no reason why they can't intertwine and intersect you know vr and ai as well if this is what they want to do but really out there changing the world for the better and knowing that despite their age um, despite where they are they could be anywhere in the world they still have that chance to change the world and make an impact on the world in their local communities or even globally that is what I want to happen.
0: I wish you all the best for that journey. And uh, thanks very much for joining today. Thank, Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by
0: Wyra UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Learn more about Wyra on www.waira.co.uk.